You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome, this is Anne-Marie Cross and you're with us live on another Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. I've got a very special guest, Natalie Sisson, and she is going to show you how you can run your business from anywhere in the world. Now, Natalie is a suitcase entrepreneur and adventurer who travels the world living out of her suitcase, running a highly successful online business from her laptop and smartphone and teaching others how to do the same. Now, she's on a mission to ensure that you create freedom in your business and adventure in life. And on today's show, Natalie's going to talk about how to run your business from anywhere in the world so you can live your dream lifestyle, how to monetize yourself and build a thriving brand, business and a super loyal community, and how to work four hours a day by streamlining your business using the best online tools and technology and so much more. Hi, gosh, it sounds like we're going to pack a lot in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And look, tell us a little bit about your business. I know you've been on the show previously, but that's really intriguing that you can run a business, live out of a suitcase and travel around the world all at the same time. Isn't it just, I was just in Hao Long Bay in Vietnam yesterday and I was telling some lovely Australian ladies actually who were there on a holiday exactly what I did and they're like, wow, that just sounds fascinating. So you literally run your business from a laptop and a mobile and I was like, yes, and right now I'm obviously not running it, what's running behind the scenes because I was out in the middle of this beautiful bay. Essentially, I think, you know, we were just talking about it Online tools, social media, and outsourcing allow you to run your business from anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. And it's quite incredible how much freedom we have as a result of that. So my business is essentially made up of my blog, which is the thing that I guess brings people in. That's where they start to know more about me, trust my work, get resources from me, all this wonderful free stuff, my podcast and my videos. So 90% of what I do is free, but that's the kind of lead generator and the funnel from which then people can find out about my coaching or buy my digital products and programs and really just get integrated into my community and start to learn how to build an online business for themselves. Yeah. And how long have you been um, running your business like this? And did you start off creating your business as it is on purpose, like you had a vision that you wanted to do that? Or did you find that it just kind of progressed and, and transitioned into doing what it is now? It actually transitioned. So this is, I'm up to like year three and a half. I've Yay, I've beaten the two-year kind of, you know, when a lot of people don't make their business happen and into the year three and a half. Apparently, year four is even better. But when I started, I just knew that I wanted to work for myself and I didn't want to be working for the corporate world anymore where I'd spent eight years building up all my skills. And I'm not dissing that at all because it was a great time, but I just was so sick and tired of working for other people who didn't share my vision. So ultimately, for me, I wanted more freedom. And I guess if I'm looking back on it, I'd always traveled since I was a kid. I love traveling. I quit all my jobs every time to go and do more traveling. And so it just kind of naturally came that after about 
five or six months in business. And honestly, my first month of making money, I decided to up and leave and go to Argentina to test out whether I could actually run it on the road. And looking back, I think it was a great challenge because I really wasn't that established. I left behind all my networks in Canada where I'd started the business to go to the other side of the world and really make it quite challenging for myself. And I've continued to do that ever since. And I think it's helped me personally. Sometimes I'm sure it's helped the business. Other times I'm sure it's actually worked against it. But I just love the challenge of taking yourself out of your comfort zone to do that. And I don't expect everybody else to do it, but it really teaches you a lot. Yeah. I know for me, you know, just the other day I decided I'm going to declutter. And I tell you, I was throwing away so much stuff. So for you kind of living out of your suitcase, having your laptop and your smartphone, is that really all you need? I mean, when we think about the tools and equipment we have in our business, a lot of it's just really unnecessary when you think you can run your business with a laptop and smartphone. Exactly. Yep. So much of it is unnecessary. I think in our own world, like in our own homes that we live in, we have too much stuff. And certainly a lot in our business, we sort of start to rely on all these physical things that you don't actually need. Mm -hmm. And so when you started your business and you now said that you are in year three, when did you find that uh, the business actually started to create an income for you? And the reason why I say that, if someone decides, you know what, I am really tired of this corporate life, give up my corporate world, start up my own business and go traveling. How realistic would you say it is before someone can start to generate an income where they can support themselves? It's a great question, actually, and I think it depends entirely on what your skill set, knowledge and background is, Mm -hmm. because the fastest way to actually making any money for yourself is obviously to offer services, whether that's coaching, teaching, you know, maybe you're a website designer, um, consulting, etc. So even if you don't feel you're at that level, but you have something of value to offer people, there's no reason why you can't start a website, start blogging about your area of interest or passion or knowledge, and then actually put it out there that you offer services of some kind. And that is one of the fastest ways to get revenue in terms of building up the other side that what I would say the residual income, which is a little bit more automated. And um, that definitely takes time because you have to build trust in the community. Mm-hmm. But I hustled for about six months of just building community, writing great content, guest posting, just being seen everywhere to be valuable and adding, you know, helping people out, adding value, sharing lots of tools and resources. And I would say it was probably in the fifth or sixth month when I literally had no money left that that's when I actually started making income. I ran some workshops on social media, how to use it for business, and then turn that into an online program and and went from there. And every year it's, you know, gotten better. There's also been tons of challenges along the way, but it's definitely just as you get to know yourself better, as you find more skills and strengths that you can play on, as you better define who you really want to work with Mm. what you're really good at it all starts to kind of make more sense so I probably took longer I mean six months doesn't sound like much to people but I could have been making money through consulting during that time but I chose instead to just focus on building a really awesome community one question I've been asking a number of really successful entrepreneurs and I'd love to ask you this too looking back and then hindsight is fantastic but looking back to when you started in that six months would there be anything else that you would do sooner knowing what you know now to generate income quick I mean you said doing the consulting work is there anything else that you would do differently I would have there were probably three things actually I would have believed in myself sooner so for me to having come out of the corporate world and then being a co-founder of a technology company it really took quite a while for me to go you know well who am I to say that I'm this go-to person on social media so I know you can't just believe in yourself more but I would have tried to back myself more from the very beginning and developed a really solid offering I sort of 
hid behind the blog for a while thinking that maybe people wouldn't want to work with me on that front and exactly that who was I to be doing this mm. probably would have done that a lot sooner and gone out and actually started offering workshops sooner than I had and approaching more clients to go and do some corporate training for example because there were just so many people who were lost on that front that I could have been helping so yeah I just think I would have done had more confidence and belief in my abilities, surrounded myself with mentors early on who could help me to get where I wanted to go faster and actually put out offerings sooner than I did because I didn't have anything for offering mm. for those first six months. I really was just focused on the community building. Yeah, yeah. And you said something before and I want to just touch on that because I know through my conversations with other entrepreneurs who have been blogging and using guest blogging, how do you go about finding great blogs to post on? Because obviously there's a number of different blogs some are more highly trafficked than others. And how do you go about approaching those people that are, you know, are the owners and the creators of those blogs? I'd love for you to share some insights mm-hmm. on, on those two things if you could. Yeah, so I absolutely adore guest posting. I don't know why I didn't do it sooner in my business. I mean, the way that I love to think about it, just for people who are listening, is that you go out to a party, you go to a bar, for example, you become the life of the party, and then you pull people back to yours for a nightcap. And that's where you really create the relationships. (laughs) I mean, it's a silly little example, but that's exactly what guest blogging is. You go out to the community where you want to be seen, where all your ideal customers are, and they already have a great audience, and you write such epic content that they can't help but want to come back and visit your site, where, of course, you then have some more great content for them to get consumed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so how you go about it, actually, is obviously identifying, you should know who your ideal customer and audience is. And then, of course, you can actually look up which blogs are doing a great job on that. So, for example, I often start with a Google search of top 10, for example, maybe business lifestyle blogs. Mm-hmm. And there's usually somebody who's written a great list and they've actually done their research and they pulled out 10, 15, 20 great people. And I'll actually go and visit those sites or I'll have my virtual assistant visit them and make sure that they have something on there that says, yes, we accept guest posts. Yes, we write them. And there's a really nifty little trick that I'm going to credit Jill Stanton for over at Screw the 9 to 5, which is that you in Google, you put in your keyword, for example, so lifestyle, And then you put next to that in quotation marks, write for us or submit a guest post. And what that will actually do is bring up results of that keyword term search with sites who are accepting guest posts. So that's a really great start to do that. But obviously, I think as you start reading and writing and you're involved in the social media community of your kind of industry or niche, you definitely start to see who the key players are who have the authority sites and a lot of influence. And then what I always advise to people is two things. Get engaged in their community, share their content, leave comments on their blogs, show that you're actually there, you're on their radar, and then approach them with an email. And the best way to do this, because I've had so many people approach me about this, some really well and others completely terribly, like, dear Mr. Suitcase on entrepreneur Um, and you know totally off topic is to show that you read their blog so for example you say dear john i absolutely loved your recent article about xyz i thought you covered it in such a great way and um, i've been reading your blog for a long time and i really love these topics that you're defining i noticed in that blog post that in the comments several people were asking you further questions about x y and z i just happen to be an authority on the subject or i happen to love this or i've written about this extensively and i would adore to write you a guest post labeled x y z that you might want to share with your community that I think would really benefit them. And that's it, like literally very short, very simple, very strategic, where you show that you've been in their community, you know what they write about, you know what their audience wants. You demonstrate your um, expertise or ability to talk about that subject, and then you give them a title or a couple of title options that they could choose from and literally say, I can have this written for you. And you know what, they can only say no. Mm -hmm. So it's a great start to actually reach out. And the best thing that they might do is choose from a couple of those blog post titles and say, well, we don't want this one, but you know what, this one sounds really interesting. So go ahead and write it. 
and we'll consider it. So it's really just about having a strategy of one, finding 10 to 20 blogs that you would love to write for, doing a little bit of research around them, engaging, and then going out each week, contacting three, four or five of them in a regular email and then managing the responses that you get back. I mean, it's really just about having a strategy and a plan of attack. Yeah, no, I and I got some great advice from Derek Halpern, who we all know is a huge blogger now. And he said to me, Natalie, because he always yells, he's like, Natalie, why are you blogging on your old blog? You should be only blogging on there once a month and you should be blogging everywhere else. And I was just, I kind of thought about that and I was like, well, that just seems a little bit strange because my blog is my community. But I really did understand what he said is that I was putting far too much effort blogging three, four, five times a week on my own blog and I wasn't blogging enough anywhere else. So I was literally just within my own community. They were all loving it but nobody else was necessarily getting access to that or seeing what I could do or how I could add value so it really is very powerful. Have you noticed a definite influx back to your own blog now that you're doing more regular guest blog posts? Yes, for sure. So I just posted, for example, on Think Traffic um, about a week and a half ago. And during that time, I think I got 100 more email subscribers in around 48 hours. I got a bunch more sales of my digital products and programs and just a lot more traffic over to my blog. So whenever you do it, there's always a kickback, which is great, especially if you've written, not whenever, especially if you've written great content that's targeted to that audience that yes. helps them out and you know, really is quite epic. And that you have a great bio and a couple of calls to action within the post, not just within your bio as well. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you were saying that uh, you need to streamline your business using the best online tools and technology. So, do you find in your typical working day that you really only do spend around four hours working? I mean, how does your your general day, what does that look like? I mean, some days I work more depending, but for example, I'm in Vietnam right now, so I'm doing a, a lot more touristy activity. So, I tend to do my best work in the morning I'll actually switch off email and everything and I'll get content writing done or you know aspects of that stuff that you really need to focus on and I'll go hard for a couple of hours and then I'll check in on my email which I have a couple of systems for that really weans a lot of those out and then I will go out and be a tourist and adventure around and walk around etc and then I'll come back to it either late afternoon or early evening and do some more and there are definite days when I'm coming up to a launch where I'll be putting in more work but what I've really worked so hard at is streamlining it building a virtual team that have taken over a lot of the activities and pretty much remove myself as the bottleneck from my business. Going through a massive handover process over the last couple of months to my virtual assistant, to my online business manager, to my chief happiness officer, and just really like realizing that I am not the key person to be doing all those things. So I can focus on doing the speaking, doing my podcast interviews, making the videos, writing the content, and really being that kind of front person for my brand at the Suitcase Entrepreneur and let the best people do the stuff behind the scenes. Mm. So yeah, I think, you know, if you wanted to just work two hours a day, you could make it happen, but you'd have to be ultra focused on what it is that you're doing that's really helping your business and your lifestyle. And I know you mentioned that you've got digital products and products that people can purchase and consume without you necessarily being there. Didn't do you run the group coaching programs and therefore need to put aside time to spend obviously working and coaching and interacting with those clients? Yeah, so I actually run the moment I have one-on-one coaching and I only take on a limited number. Within that my Google Calendar where they can actually book in through something called Schedule Once. I only allow 
coaching on a Monday and Tuesday. So it really, really helps. The same with interviews, actually. Normally just on a Monday and Tuesday, unless it's a special circumstance, so that I can actually batch them all into those days and be very on it and know that I'm going to be giving my time and energy during that time. And then the rest of the week is towards content creation, strategy planning. So, um, you know, all of these things take time to develop these systems, but basically the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have. So um, I am also introducing my High Flyer Club soon, and it's going to be part mastermind and part training. And I will be doing a call within that, but I'm always going to be scheduling that for the same time so I know where I have to be when I have to be there. Do you find that uh, when you're in a place that's just absolutely beautiful and you've never been there before and you're just dying to go out and see the sights, that you really have to be that disciplined person? When you first started your business in comparison to now, have you gotten better at that or have you always had that ability to stick at what you're working to make sure it's finished before going out and, and having fun out in the, you know, the new explorations and things? (laughs) I think it's been a work in progress. I'm a bit of a free spirit. And so I generally used to have this attitude of, well, I just want to be a free spirit and not bogged down by anything. And then I started realizing that that was actually really harming me. So the more disciplined I got about doing things, the more freedom I actually got, as I said. And I might harp on about it, but it really was like an aha moment in my mind. So (laughs) I am very determined and focused when I need to be. And I think it's because I have a very clear vision of where I want to go and what I want to do. For sure, there are days when I just muck around and I get caught up in social media and I don't actually really achieve much but they're fewer and farther between just because I know what I want to be working on and when Mm. and I think it is a learned skill and I do think that anybody can apply themselves there are a couple of cool tools like one called freedom for Mac ironically and it just actually stops you from visiting sites like Facebook and Twitter and you can set it up for certain times of the day so that no matter what even if you try to log in you can't get in now for people who are addicted to this stuff and can't get off it that might be a really good tool for them to use just because it stops you from doing that and most of my best work is when I'm offline and I can't access anything online because I have to get down to business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's something that everybody can learn and I definitely think it just will transform your business once you start to apply it. And so being the free spirit that you are and if you kind of have a look at your weeks and that you're planning, that allows you then to kind of outsource some of those particular finicky details, you know, the day-to-day tasks to your team. Have you found a process that works for you? Yeah, I actually, um, I just did a podcast myself just recently and people can find it at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 61, I think. And I talked all about my path to outsourcing to my team. So I have a pretty cool global virtual team. And Mm. as I've grown with my business and as my budget's grown, I've just slowly started to pull on some people, either sometimes just in a contract or a retainer. So none of them are actually full time, but they all have their individual roles, like podcast editing and video editing. Mm -hmm. And so I've just seen really where the bottlenecks have been in my business and what I like doing, but takes up too much of my time. And I've slowly handed those over. So yeah, we do actually have a really good system now. We have a weekly work in progress meeting on a Monday where everybody kind of goes through what they're doing and if they need any help. And then everybody knows they're actions for the week and it's really just been great for me because it's allowed me to start focusing on all the things that I do and start bulk scheduling in interviews and videos etc so that it's really done ahead of time almost all the time so the only stuff that I'm doing now like currently is things like this like interviews and writing content and delving into guest posts and starting to do more speaking etc and it really starts to suddenly become very clear in your mind well hang on I only need to focus on these activities for these times of the week so it's all about
about getting stuff done, I think, in advance and repurposing and multi-purposing the stuff that you're doing at the time so that it just has more legs and goes further. And I think a lot of people keep reinventing stuff when they don't actually need to. You know, you probably, you and probably have tons of interviews and great content on your blog that can be repurposed into guides and audios and all sorts of great things that are sitting there that are very valuable. So I'm just getting a lot smarter about that and helping people to do the same with what they already have. What I really love about the structure, obviously, and your business being the suitcase entrepreneur, as you are continuing to sightsee and take photos and videos and so forth, those are things that you can ultimately share because it's kind of, you're living, yeah, you're living your business and so it all really works in, in well together. Do you decide beforehand where you want to go or again, you're using that kind of free spirit and, oh, I feel like going to such and such a place now. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, I am. I generally make the decision based on have I been to that country before and if not, great, then I should definitely go. Um, is there something going on there at the time I'm going to be there, like a conference or an event? Is there an ultimate frisbee tournament, which is my favorite sport in the world to play? So if I have all three of those things happening, then I'm definitely going there. So for example, <laughs> Vietnam, I hadn't been to out of all the countries in Southeast Asia, I, I had not been to Vietnam. And there was also a conference going on in Bangkok, right in the middle of this month. So I've been in Vietnam for almost all of October, but I had this conference for digital nomads that happened in Bangkok, which was great. Um, and then I yeah, I generally will try and tie in with have I seen my friends there? Are there people that I'd love to visit? Is there something going on? And is it a new country? And that's kind of how I plan it out. It's not always the most planned in terms of, you know, I'm going to be going to the US soon again, and then I go from there to Canada, and then I go all the way to New Zealand. And so for time zone wise, I'm not always planning to be going in the same direction. Yes. But uh, it's just the way that I prefer traveling, really. <laughs> I love that. And so where would you call home? Where would you say is, is kind of where the roots are? Well, New Zealand was where I was born and I absolutely love it. I hadn't been home for six and a half years until 2011 and quite a few things had changed, but I still consider that where I grew up. Both my parents are from Europe, so I feel very at home in, in Germany and England in particular, but also Europe. And I feel, I was talking to these ladies on the boat yesterday and I said, I just feel like at home around the world. I feel like I'm a global citizen. Mm -hmm. So it's one part of, I guess, for traveling for so long, you can make your home in any place that you are. Yeah. And I think with the technology, and we're going to talk about your book in a moment, because I know that you've put all of your expertise into a great book, which uh, people can access. You really can operate your business from anywhere now with the tools and the resources available to us. Years ago, maybe even some of the tools that are even shorter time frame just weren't accessible to us. But now we've got so many incredible tools at our fingertips. Exactly. Yeah, we really have. It's unbelievable. I mean, and most of them are free or very marginal cost. You know, yeah. most of them are on that freemium, premium model. So I just think it's it's pretty incredible. We're super lucky. We couldn't have done this even, I would say, 10 years ago, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your book. Yeah, it's super exciting. Actually, it's called <laughs> The Suitcase Entrepreneur, surprise. And it's a culmination of all my knowledge over the last three, three and a half years. Um, it's broken into three parts. And the first part is all about are you actually cut out to be an entrepreneur? Because I think this is something that's not always covered. So I try to paint the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the wonderful things of running your own business, but also the things that you need, like the entrepreneurial mindset and the just ability to believe in yourself and back yourself. So we kind of go into that. Some great case studies as well of people who are traveling the world right now, either by themselves or with their family or their partners and creating a life that they love through their business and the lifestyle that they're building. And then the second part is all about building your online business. So the types of businesses you can build, how you can do it for under $100, the tools that you need to set that up, 
how to work with social media, how to work with outsourcing, and even the international setup of a business. And the third part is all about travel hacking and becoming a pro at becoming homeless, which of course nobody needs to do, but it's it's really trying to just show you, the, once again, you know, the brilliant parts of being able to travel and live anywhere and then the maybe the not so brilliant parts that people seem to gloss over quite a lot. Like it can get lonely on the road or packing up all the time. It's quite difficult leaving friends behind, et cetera, um, and the challenges that come with it. So I think there's something in there for everybody. Even if you don't have a business, a lot of people have learned a lot of how to apply that within their own corporate job. Um, and there was a great article on Forbes actually about how you can apply this book as an employee. So I was really excited about that because wow. it gave it even more preference, I guess, that people can go, okay, this is something that I can read. So I would love for people to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's got so many resources in it. It's crazy. (laughs) And I know that uh, because I follow you on Instagram and when you were still writing it, you would often share some photos. Well, sitting down to write more about my book and it was great (laughs) to kind of see the the journey as you were creating it and, yeah, where you were at at the time. So um, it's certainly, I'm sure, been an absolute labour of love, everyone. Yeah, definitely. That's something that was just so instrumental to write. It's been amazing and the feedback has been incredible. Is this the first book that you've written? This is the first published book the as book a paperback. Published. Yes. Wow. So I've written um, several ebooks, but yes. in paperback format, yeah. It's re- and it's so exciting to hold your own book in your own hands, Amory. It's just amazing. <laughs> and and flick through the pages. Are you one of those people? I mean, I've got my um, iPad and I love the smell of mm. a book as you, you hold it, but absolutely. So, what's the link? How can we get uh, a copy of your book? Um, so probably easiest actually is to go to suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash book. It's on Amazon all around the world and as many places as it can be in paperback and Kindle. And so um, it's, that's my book website. There's a trailer there. You can learn more about it. You can actually access a lot of the free resources that are in the book from the website alone. That's my little gift to you. But otherwise, you can just search on Amazon under Suitcase Entrepreneur and it should come up actually. Fabulous. Good, good. So um, you're now in Vietnam. What other country do you now have in your sights? I believe you said you're going back to um, to the US, but I'm sure you've, you've been there before. Have you kind of got an idea of other exotic places? <laughs> yeah, I've been to the US several times. So US is actually because I'm taking a bunch of women on a mastermind retreat in the Caribbean. Wonderful. Canada is because I've actually got uh, my first excitingly paid speaking gig to about a thousand entrepreneurs, which is going to be amazing. New Zealand is to do the Rotorua quarter Ironman and go home for Christmas. January, I'm going to be seeing the tennis in Melbourne, which I adore. And in March, I know I'm going to be in the Philippines for another mastermind um, event. And I'm actually probably going to go to Japan for the first time at the end of March for the cherry blossom season and actually stay there for a few months. And then it's kind of a little bit more open next year because I really want to be spending time in fewer places for longer periods. I've been on such a kind of mission across the world for so long and I love it, but it's definitely time, I think, for me to just slow down a little and spend more time with quality people in places and really get to know them even more. So India and China are on the list, but I'm not going to rush to get things in in one year. Colombia as well. So I'm just going (laughs) to see how it pans out to spend more time in these places. Sounds wonderful. If you were to to recall one place that you really really loved and I know sometimes it's difficult but is there one country that stands out the most as being the most beautiful or that the place that really you have a special place in your heart for I have three. I know you said uh, Spain is definitely one of the countries that really appeals to me. I sometimes feel I was meant to be born in Spain. I just love the the culture there, the food, the people, the, their lifestyle, actually, the way they, they live it. So I think there's, and the music and everything, it's just something really cool. I really loved Laos in Southeast Asia. I think it was a beautiful country, very peaceful. 
Um, people lead such simple yet gorgeous lives. Um, everything runs by the Mekong River. And so I just think there's that beautiful kind of flow through that country. And I also really, really love Brazil. I think there's a great energy there. The people are very friendly. They're very vivacious. And, you know, it's a huge country with a lot of history and it's becoming quite a superpower. So I just think it, I just, I don't know, for some reason, those three countries always seem to stand out. And of course, New Zealand is paradise. So I'm a little bit biased. But, um, <laughs> I'd have disagree. to agree. <laughs> New Zealand too there's just nothing yeah and the diversity of New Zealand too from when you go from the, the north to the South Island is just beautiful and of course that was where the Lord of the Rings one of my favourite movies was filmed so of course New Zealand mm. is, has got it all so fabulous well look thank you so much for spending some time with us and, and sharing a little bit about your, your journeys I have to, to say though that I tend to be one of those homebodies but I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant because just like a colleague of mine just went travelling around Europe and some of those places she's come home now and she's gone I don't know how I can settle there are so many beautiful sites to see and different cultures to experience I can't imagine just staying in the one place so that's what they call the itchy feet so uh, I'm sure that yeah that's probably why that uh, I love <laughs> love to see photos and things like that for sure and of course to share more about your book as well and so definitely you're listening today go and grab a copy of the book suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash book or of course uh, on Amazon as well. So thank you so much for joining us today, Natalie. Thank you very much, Emery. It's been great. Fabulous. And let us know what is your aha from um, today's information. Maybe a new piece of technology that you heard about. Maybe you are going to take some action and go out and uh, look for opportunities to guest blog and, and share your posts on uh, some other websites and blogs. And of course, uh, why don't you subscribe to our iTunes channel, give us a rating and leave a comment as well. It's always uh, great to hear you're finding the show. Till next time, have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.